change. They want me to change, but I ain't changing. Nah. I remain a- and you are not tuned in too. Another episode of Intellectually Petty Radio brought to you by M3S3 Clothing, Men Make Moves and Suckers Stand Still, and as always on the mighty, mighty, mighty Nerd DJ's Radio Network. I'm going to get to this real quick because Legend has always got some shit to do, and today is absolutely no exception. Al Nuke, actor, director, writer, MC, uh, superhero, whatever the fuck else you can add to the list, man, from homeless to the hills. Snigga is incredible. Al Nuke, what's good, bro? What's up, my brother? What up with you? What up, though? Oh, shit, man. How you, how you doing, man? How's your family? Man, the family is good. Headache, as usual. I got a newborn, um, nine months old, so it's, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yo, you jumped off the porch again? Like, that's kind of late. <laughs> God bless you, bro. It was a you know what I mean? I needed that son, so, you know, I finally got him. I feel you, man. Congratulations, man. It's a beautiful thing. And since we right there, man, I seen a post that you did about uh, black men being being in their family's lives. How did you get from being in the streets to, to that point in your life? Time. Time. Wisdom. Um, but you know, I always been a um I've always been a great father. I got three beautiful girls before I had my son, I had three daughters. So for me it was just always important to be a father because I never really had a good um childhood growing up. So for me it was just always like when I got the opportunity to be a parent, I was gonna be the best parent that I possibly can be. So, you know, I've been there, man, every step of the way. Um, I can tell a father any emotion I have when it comes to the children because I've been through them from the courts to the baby mamas to you name it, but I'm still here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I definitely have been been down that path. I got three daughters myself, you know, so <laughs> yeah, yes, I you know, the girls, man, the girls are something different. Girls oh. is real different. Girls is um, girls is priceless. They are they're different. You know, they um, I'm still learning from girls. <laughs> you know, no, my, biggest, talk, my, my biggest uh, uh, lesson from my daughters is how you were before them towards women really dictates how stressful it is raising them. You know, they, they taught me to be a better man towards women, definitely. I agree. I agree. And they make me stand on it. You know what I mean? Anytime I'm like, if I mention, if I say the B word or if I say this or say that, like they making me stand on, you know, what I'm saying. And it just be like, man, they always send me through mazes. And, you know, they're at a point now, I gotta, you know, man, they, they send me through these ma- emotional mazes. Like I got a 25 year old, a 21 year old and a 13 year old. So, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a lot with the girls, man. It's a lot, man. Yo, all right, so I don't know. I think I counted like fourteen albums. Uh, I, I I couldn't even count. I didn't. I don't, I'm not sure the album uh, movie count was correct. I didn't know you was in Superfly, and I seen that movie like three times. Like yep. nigga, 
Like you know, I help I help produce that movie too, just a little bit, not a whole lot, but I I help produce that. Um, I help produce a couple serious scenes in there. Like I think it was like one of the um, one of the scenes, the funeral scene where somebody died or something, and we had Sean Garrett, we had like all of the people that we put in there. You know, I had to help produce that along with getting Big Bank Black in that movie as well. Um, yeah, so I was definitely part of that. Shout out Joe Silverman. Shout out the whole squad. Director X, that's my boy. I was watching Detroit Dreams this morning. Yeah, that's what's yeah. up. Nigga, that's a great movie, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you. And you know what? You know where I got the inspiration for that movie from? Um, Crush Group. I actually was was seeing Street Lords and, and, and I'm sorry, uh, 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 damn, uh, Cheddar Boys versus uh -huh. versus uh, oh, why can't yeah, I remember versus, uh, Cheddar Boys versus Street Lords. Yeah, yeah, that, that, I got that vibe from that. No, it was it was actually you know what it was elements that I was pulling in where you know remnants of just stories, but now my original thing was really about the promoter trying to overall help a you know an untapped market and he was just really passionate about it so for me that was like run and and you know back in that time with um crush Groove, you know what i mean seeing what he did with that and how he had to sacrifice himself to make sure run dmc make sure a lot of different people was out there although he didn't die but he went through a lot you know what i yeah. mean breaking that market so that's that's where my inspiration came from you know what i mean with the film Yo, niggas don't understand too, man. Like I went to, to to the Northwest to see Crush Groove, nigga. Yeah. And that that was Wakanda before Wakanda. <laughs> yeah, that, that was. That you shit know was what's lit. crazy? I still tell artists to this day, like new talent and stuff. Al, how can I get on? And I'd be like, Yo, bro, did you go see Crush Groove? And they'd be like, What is that? And I'd be like, Well, bro, that's why you're not an MC. You know, the average artist don't even know what an MC stands for. And I still be having to tell them, like, bro, like, that's mic controller. And somebody told me the other day, like, I thought it meant, uh, what did they say? A mic, uh, what the fuck did they say? Uh, some old stupid shit. Conductor. <laughs> a microphone conductor? I said, a, a conductor? I said, bro, no, an MC, nigga, like an MC mic controller. I control the microphone. Like, but these new people, like, they ain't into that shit, so. <laughs> so you can't sound too old, <laughs> nigga. I, I, I try to fight the urge to to sound like the old nigga, but I yeah. don't mind being the old nigga sometimes. Yeah, you gotta. Sometimes you gotta be the old nigga because these guys need wisdom. These guys need, you know what I mean. Sometimes they need a little wisdom because a lot of times they get they get lost into what's going on right now and not realizing that this this whole hip hop fifty years had had levels. You know what I mean. Yeah. Even even from Detroit. You know, I tell a lot of people like, yo, this ain't, you know, man, y'all knew what we went through as Detroit artists, make trying to make trying to pop. Yo, where where does hip hop in Detroit start for you? From me getting involved or from when I'm when I got inspired. When you got inspired. Um man, DMW. Detroit's DMW. most wanted. You know, pop that shit and I'm going to ice your jaw. AWOL. You know what I mean? That was, um, you oh, know, the, I, I wanted oh, to beat my ski ski. You that know, was the people move video, wasn't it? What? My ski ski was crazy. I thought, <laughs> I thought my ski ski, bro, I thought my ski ski was LL for a minute. Like, I thought he was like, he was our Detroit LL or like run back then. You know what I mean? Man. I'm a huge fan of my ski ski. 
Oh man, uh, uh, Amir the Merciless and DJ Los for me. A day without a rhyme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, still one of my favorite songs to this day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was um, man, I was deep into. I was heavy into like, you know, that street, that street shit. What was the dudes? I forgot the dudes. Damn. They got caught selling dope in real life. Who was them dudes? Like Nigga, they sold. You gotta narrow bricks. that one down, <laughs> bro. They literally sold bricks. They sold. They sold some keys, bro, on Ooh. video, and that's why they went to jail. It was a rap mafia. Oh, oh, that's horrible. Remember rap mafia? I don't remember them. Yeah, rap mafia, bro. They, they had an album cover where they was like, I think they were standing on like Bell Isle or something. You could tell they was into the streets. But they was in the streets a little too much, man. Dude, yeah, dude, them was selling. They they sold work, real bricks in a video, and then um, police, like, police, fans had like got them with that. Like, bro, y'all really sold this shit on video. Yeah, that's what. That's yeah, that's. They still yeah. regretting that one. <laughs> I'm sure, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think back then though, it was like. You know, people thought like, man, cameras, because even like when I did my first movie, Street Life, with uh, Donnie, shout out to Donnie, you know, man, I had a couple of my friends showing real bricks, you know what I mean, on the documentary. Like people, I was in the streets then, and I was had my real dope fiends, you know, shooting real heroin on camera, like it ain't shit, you know what I mean? Shootouts, all of that shit, everything in Street Life was for real. And that was uh, 2000 and, I don't know, three you know what I mean? Maybe three. So I think back then, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't look at TV like you know we could get caught. Cause even like the people in street life, niggas went to jail after street life, and Yo. we didn't know. Yeah, like the girl that was the, it was a girl that was a pimp on street life. She was a real live pimp. She went to jail for that shit. Um, and then my man Good Game, shout out my man Good Game. He was a real pimp. He went to jail. You know what I mean? Um, my man Rudy went to jail. Like, so yeah, people was going to jail for that shit. Yo, uh Blade Icewood. Mm -hmm. Did you know him? Y'all was cool? Yes, we did songs together. I know y'all did songs together. Um, but what was he like, man? Blade to me was a um he was a quiet dude. He would watch you more than he would talk to you. And, and let me be clear, we wasn't like best of friends. Like we wasn't hanging out or anything okay, like that. I got you. Um, I was from the east side, Blade was from the west side, but I was I was the first east side dude to actually put a studio on the west side. So that's how me and Blade became cordial and really got to chopping it up. Cause he was like, yo, how's this east side nigga coming over here on the west side? You got a lot of balls. And I did, you know what I mean? And um, we ended up getting cool. We cut a couple records. What I can say about him, he was a stand-up dude. He would really watch you and, and, and like, he would think before he speak. Like, Blade wasn't the type of dude that just be talking and, you know, talking and be talking. He would really watch you, analyze you, and then kind of speak. You know what I mean? Kind of like Juan. Juan, is just, Juan and Blade got similarities. Yo, man. And I don't think the young niggas nowadays don't really understand how separated the East and the West used to be. What? No, they don't, bro. It's crazy. They don't understand. Listen, let me tell you, my first album that I put out, I didn't even, I didn't diss the West Side. I just, the, the, the start of the album came on where somebody came and got me out of the trap and was like, yo, uh, I just got in the beef. I got a shootout some niggas on the West Side. And I was like, yo, let's go. 
And that was like the ins that was just the the uh insert or the, the the opening of the album. Man, West Side Record Stores would not put my certain record stores would not put the album in there just because of that skit. Like, we thought you was crazy, bro. I'm from Seven Mile and Southfield. We thought Damn. you was crazy. <laughs> For real, what did y'all think? Like, what did y'all think? Like, uh, um, Esham Ish. For real, yeah. Well, in, in the beginning, I got that because I put I did the album, the My World with the Blood. Yeah, that's stuff. the one. Yeah, um, and that was that was a um, uh, that was like a that was a um, you know, a real, real, real pothole in my career. And it was a real learning experience. That whole year was terrible for me. Uh, 1998, I never forget it. It was like a, it was, it was weird because I was on top of my game, mm-hmm. and I was going through some street shit. And then I seen my best friend die, Art in the Dark. He died like slow death right in front of my face. So it was just like, I don't know. When it was time to do the cover, I was like, bro, I feel like this, and not realizing, you know, this is gonna last forever. I felt like that. At that time on that poster, I felt like that for an hour, two hours. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and uh, it ended up staying with me for life. And you know, I got a crazy story about that whole time period. Is because, um, truth be told, I was actually on a. Um, I was at the peak of my career. Um, I was doing really well. The album had Tyson Bedford on it, like the model, Coco from radio station she was huge willie max they were blowing up really big back then and i had a lot of you know i had a lot of important people on the project that was really supporting me that didn't didn't look forward to seeing that cover mm-hmm. and they kind of like you know when, when it when it came out it was kind of just like whoa wait a minute but the weird part about it was was at around the same time i went to um i went to new york talked to def jam Kevin Lyle and Russell Simmons, and they told me, like, yo, Nuke, you got to figure out something else to do to make us want to sign you. We know you're getting radio play in Detroit, but, you know, you got to do something more, bro. And and smoking weed one day, looking at Jerry Springer, I said, hey, man, I'm going to go on Jerry Springer and promote my album. Boy, that was the stupidest fucking move ever. Yo, <laughs> I missed that, nigga. <laughs> what? Yeah, that whole year, man. That, that year was terrible, man. I um I went on Jerry Springer because I had just got a girl pregnant and I just had a kid, so it was like, yo, I figure I could put both of them on Jerry Springer, let them argue. I could promote my album. It's a walk in the park type thing. Um, man, that shit backfired on me so cold. Uh, it was a wild experience, and you know what was really weird about that is that again at that time I was on the peak of my career. And I was getting ready to go on a um, 26 city tour play. It was a gospel play. I was attached to a gospel play, and um, with with um, with Dave Dave Hollister, bunch of big people. I was the only rapper on there. I had the rap song at the end of the gospel thing. The name of the show was the name of it was called "I Should Have Listened." <laughs> All my friends told me, all my street niggas said, bro, don't you take your ass on Jerry Springer. You too street. We into this type of shit over here. Cut all that weak ass shit out. Don't go on Jerry Springer. And I'm like, bro, I'm promoting my album. Fuck what y'all niggas talking about. I went on there and it was it, it was a it was a blasphemous of what Detroit did to me after that. Like they like they they baked my ass. You know what I mean? And and 
the day that it played was the day that the tour started. So the day that it played, the tour people called me and said, hey, your services is no longer needed. Thank you. Bye. Yo. So I lost a huge endorsement at that time. And that was a huge check back then, too. Seven, uh, 26 City Tour. I dropped the ball heavy. Okay, but you learned from it, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. I definitely bounced back from it. That was, um, I think that was like the darkest moment in my career because I had to fight for my career back. You know, being one of the top, at that point in time, I was probably the top three artists in Detroit. I was getting 2,000 a show, 1,500 a first. Life was great. What rappers wasn't even getting that type of money then? You know what I mean? Life was cool. And um, when that happened, everybody turned their back on me. And I literally, that's what got me into films, that particular situation, because I walked away from rap. Okay, when did when did you walk away from the streets for good and say, you know what, I got another play over here that's much better for my future? Well, truth be told, I stopped. I stopped being in the streets in about 1998 because I was, uh, man, I went through um, indictments and I had a temp murder case, so I really got out of the streets in like 98. But what happened was I would like, when I would get broke or something, like really, really broke, I would probably try to dibble and dab, or like try to make a quick flip or a quick piece of money. You know what I mean? Like a middleman yeah. situation. Yeah. I would. I tried to do that up until like 2003, like right around that time. I tried to, I tried to do like maybe, maybe like 2000, 2001. I kept trying to do middleman plays until it was just like over with, over with. Cause police was coming back around my friends was indicted a lot of shit was going on i was just like bro i gotta chill so yo niggas don't understand when you get that you get that uh indictment in the mail oh my god nigga, that's some hard crushing shit nigga bro the police man people don't realize when you get the police man chasing your motherfucking ass and you getting chased by five ten cars and they motherfucking got you at gunpoint and judge talking about 186 months and, you know, that was one of the pieces that literally, like really got me out the streets was when, you know, I thought being in the streets, you know, you got to be the toughest dude. You got to take it to the extreme, you know. So I was I was selling heroin. I was ODing people. I was doing a lot of crazy shit from raw to bricks to weed. I had it. And, um, you know, I was willing to do whatever. So I was beating niggas in the head with bats, shootouts every day, high speed chases. But then when I realized I got into it with this one dude. I won't mention his name, but it was like, I thought he was trying to kill me. I was trying to kill him. We both trying to kill each other. But when we went to court, he told, like, Your Honor, he's trying to kill me. And I'm like, hold on, nigga. You trying to kill me too. But now you in court talking about I'm trying to kill you. So it was just like, that was the weirdest shit ever to me. Because I seen that the word keeping it real, that's not a real word. No, no. Keep it real. You know. Keeping you know it free mean? is more of a real world. Yeah, word. And, yeah. <laughs> keep it real with yourself. Keep it real with your family. Because again, when I tell you, man, when I I I got locked up for attempt murder, the guy that I shot, he was trying to kill me every day, but he was going to going to the courts talking about I'm scared for my life. I had thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on the streets, and I took care of families and people. And when I tell you I got locked up, and I sent my baby mama to go pick up my money everybody 
looking out the blinds. We ain't here. We ain't got it. We ain't this. It's like, wow, for real? Like, the plug is the plug ain't fucking with me no more. It's like, wait a minute. Hold on. I kept it real with everybody. Now everybody's shitting on me. You know what I mean? So that that's what that was the real reason. That was one of the things that made me say, okay, I quit. Fuck y'all. I'm about to rap. Although and, and I was nowhere near your your level, but but you know, I did my little thing back in the day. I understand because I seen somebody uh again, no man, you know, he passed away a long time ago, but I seen somebody get caught up and not say anything. And he made a lot of niggas hot. And to the point where when they found out, you know, situation was a wrap. So did he I'm saying he told? He didn't tell, but he didn't tell the people he was fucking with that he got caught. Oh, okay, got you. And he was out on, you know, he was out on bond. Mm. And when the streets found out, it, it they didn't thought end well. Yeah, yeah, they thought he was a CI for sure. And he wasn't. Like, he was a solid-ass motherfucking dude. But, like, you know, he was at that level where other niggas can't afford the, they ain't got the luxury of believing you. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, certain things, man, I tell people a lot of times, man, the street shit, the real, real street shit. Bro, that shit is hard, my nigga. You know what I mean? The shit is hard. Like, I had a, um, you know, I had a situation, man, where it was like my my niece, my blood niece, my sister's daughter was in, was, was the, her father was the person that I was having shootouts with every day. You know what I mean? And it was like one of these days, you know, he caught me downtown with all of my, with my street guys in the truck with me. He shot my truck up 15 times. Like, literally, he tried to kill us all in the truck. You know, leaving, I think it was soul night or something. He tried to kill us all. And it was just like, man. And I'm 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 on the top of my street shit at that time. And when I tell you, every guy in the car was like, hey, bro, take us home. We're about to switch cheese this nigga's house right now. He's dead tonight. Everybody in the house dead. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But my niece is in the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? My niece is my niece live with this man. So it was like, how can I tell these street niggas to not go and do what they need to do when this man just tried to kill us? Right? And then my niece is in the house at the same time. So it's like they shoot up the house, they could potentially shoot my fucking niece and kill my niece. I could never look my sister in the eyes. But at the same time, if I didn't show strength at that point and at that moment, boy, it was over with. They weren't paying my money no more, nothing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the type of decisions, man, that where you like, bro, this shit get too real. You know what I mean? And that's that's where it was at for me. So how you get from all of that to managing Zaytoven? Oh man, through the grace of God, just being 100. Um, you know, basically, uh, baby Ray. Baby Ray, great friend of mine, Baby Ray. We we look at what we do like a mob. We're not a mob, but uh, we move like a mob. It's Costa Nostra, and I'm still a part of that. And my brother was like, yo, I need you to go, because I was his concierge in, in a sense. And he said, yo, I need you to go and check on my man in Atlanta. You know, I'm spending a lot of money in Atlanta. And at that time, a lot of people don't know that um, 
Zay really helped Gucci Man and all of these people um, help them back then. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was like, "Yo, I'm spending a lot of money out there. Go check, go check, go check on my money." And I came out to here to Atlanta to check on this shit, and um, I just seen it was loose. It was, it was a, it was loose. It was like you know his money was not being protected at all. These niggas was having a fucking boatload of fun down here. <laughs> And um, I just went home and told him. You know what I mean? I just went home and told him, like, yo, bro, these niggas is having fun. But at the same time, I was getting ready to have a new son. And I was like, man, I did everything I can in Detroit. I did. At that point, I think I did, like, seven albums, couple movies, um, nonprofit TV show, Nuke at Night nonprofit. I did everything. So I knew about time I had this new child, and this child turned three, four years by the time I was able to get back in the streets for real in Detroit. Mm-hmm. It was going to be over with. My career was really going to be over with. So I was like, you know what? It's time for me to go. I got to go. I was arguing with somebody on my TV show about $200 or some shit. And I'm like, you know what? I'm gone. God, God give me the strength to leave. And he gave it to me. And, um, you know, it, it was there. So when I went to Atlanta and, and met with Zay, Seeing what he was doing. My bad, brother. I'm doing a podcast right now. I'm multitasking. My bad, but I'm ready. I'm ready, brother. When I met Zay, um, <laughs> when I uh, when I met Zay, I knew that it was a it was a wide open situation. So when I came back down here, I was like, man, let me just intern for you, bro. You know what I mean? In the interning, I just did everything I could, put my foot down, and just really got to work. I got a joint. It's my jury, man. You gotta hold my jury because I go to club tonight, dog. Hey, I'm fucking up. This nigga, man. Because I need a nigga liable. Ain't no nigga breaking in my truck. Ain't none of that shit, nigga. Ain't none of that shit is too much. Yeah, so. Yeah, but that's how that's how I ended up managing Zay. You want me to get the truck? Yo, I see you about to do your thing, bro. We, we got to finish this up, though, man. You got to come back. Yeah, yeah, let's finish it up, man. Part two. Um, let's talk about Atlanta part two. Um, we could do that tomorrow, my brother. This is a cricket. He's a director. He's been waiting on me. What's cracking, brother? What up, though, man? Pre- appreciate you for loaning him to us for a second. Nah, man, it's all good. This is my brother from another. So, you know, we actually grew up together. Yeah, we grew up together. So I'm on set. Let's do part two. Let's talk about Atlanta. Let's talk about what I got going on right now, man. And let's really work it out. Yo, what you got? Do, what you got going on Monday? Because I work this weekend. Monday, I'm free. Monday, hook hook it up with Rita. Let's put it together. Man. I got you. I'm with it. Let's do part two. I'm definitely ready. All right, we'll do part two Monday. Appreciate right, you, bro. Appreciate I look forward to it. Fans, man. Shout out to the people, man. Your boy Al Nuke. Part two coming soon, man. Let's go. No doubt, man. On that note, we out, bro. Peace. Yo, come on, man. You already know, man. I only rock with legends over this way. And today is absolutely no exception. This is Jobs. And this has been uh, part one of the Al Nuke story. Uh, part two coming real soon. Um, intellectually Petty Radio. Shout out to Rita, my manager, man. Yo. Your girl has just been on her shit. Just throwing that out there. Anyway, I'm out, man. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share the whole nine. Peace.